Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we've gone from The Godfather Part 3 to um, Evolution. Yep, we have, we've evolved. Um, we've, uh, our evolved form is a shitty comedy from the early 2000s, from 2001. Oh, you stole, you stole uh, my exactly. goddamn joke. I was, I was going to say we devolved. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, this movie sucks. Um, 2001 uh, flick from Ivan Reitman, um, best known for a kindergarten cup. Ooh, I hate him. He sucks. Yep. Best known for, kin- <laughs> best known for Kindergarten Cop and um, both Ghostbusters. Um, hot take. We're not the biggest fans of him. Um, and this, this movie is pretty pretty exemplary why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think especially his late career stuff after Kindergarten Cop is just atrocious. And mm-hmm. I also don't think the Ghostbusters films hold up all that well. Especially even the first one, actually. Like, I feel like the first one has, like way more misogyny than the second one that's true the second one is more family friendly which is why i think most people do like the first one better yeah um i haven't seen either one in in forever but i mean there i i think it's safe to say that everyone's in agreement that ghostbusters is better than evolution yeah i yeah that's fair okay i yeah there's no way there's no come on they're just no they're of equal value of atrociousness no no okay fine ghostbusters is better i mean evolution is really just ghostbusters with aliens though it's really the same fucking movie that's true they they definitely did try to make ghostbusters for the early aughts basically Mm. yeah um and it failed spectacularly um for, sort for of i mean critically it failed but it, it yeah, made yeah. money it was made for 80 million and it made 98.4 million although that's not a lot so that's probably actually a loss i mean if you factor in like mm-hmm. maybe promotional and all that kind of stuff that might not be in the actual budget itself so it sure. probably was a loss i'm sure um but it does have kind of a pretty pretty good cast um you would think it has some more promise going into it because we have um david Duchovny, julianne moore Orlando Jones, uh, Sean William Scott, perennial fail son of the <laughs> 90s and early 2000s, uh, Ted Levine, Ethan Suplee, Michael Bauer, Pat Kilbane, Ty Burrell, Dan Aykroyd, Catherine Town, Sarah Silverman, and John Cho. Yeah, those last two, it's not really starring or even guest. It's kind Literally of guest starring, I guess. one scene yeah, each. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. John Cho doesn't even have dialogue. No, yeah. he, he just walks... He he gets off a bus at one point. I'm like, hey, it's John Cho, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. He just walks around the cavern, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> Side note, um, maybe a hot take for us. I will say John Cho as Spike Spiegel is on point casting. Um, totally not sold on Cowboy Bebop live action, but if they had to do it, they could have done a lot worse than John Cho. Yeah. Oh, I mean, hopefully he gets to make it. I, they said they're going to wait for him because he had that accident on set. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they said they're going to wait for the- him, so... And that makes sense. Spike is constantly being beat up, and he's always in, he's in bandages half the series. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it'll probably work out. Um, it's just method acting. Yeah, um, but uh, thankfully he's only in this movie for a few seconds. Otherwise, it would disgrace his career. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um, audiences and critics are in agreement on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the tomato meter is at forty three percent, and the audience score is at forty eight percent. Yeah, so. that's the closest to parody I think we've had. Honestly. Um. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's one or two other exceptions, like some of the really dog shit movies we've done, but like, yeah, I, I think this is one of the closer ones for sure. Yeah, I mean, even like 
Look Who's Talking Now, which had a 0%, their, the audience score was at least somewhere in the 30s, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, this, I think this speaks to the power of, like, not the power, but this this speaks to, like, the impression of a, of a middling film rather than, like, an alright stinker. Because I, I think I think people do kind of have a contrarian streak in them sometimes, especially when, like, bigwig critics try to, try to tell them right. what to think about mm. movies. Um, whereas a movie that's forgettable, such as this they're they're in unanimous agreement that it's it's just whatever right yeah although i was a little surprised it was only 48 because i think if you polled a lot of people um without having them actually watched evolution recently they mm. they might just remember it like oh yeah that was that fun movie where there was aliens and david duchovny and orlando jones yeah that was that was fun i would i'd rate it you know 60 or something like that I would like to see your um your data for for making that assertion because that that I don't I don't I don't think I could find ten people in my life that even <laughs> remember that this movie was made. I don't know. I feel like it's just one of those movies that um I don't know. I guess maybe it's just a part of my childhood so much that like I think sure. everybody knows about this movie. <laughs> as as has been established, though, you do not have the average uh, cinema goer um, childhood. No, experience. that's very true. Yeah. Um, although I probably did see this movie with my mom. I can't only imagine what that was like for her. Mm, for me, like yeah. most of this stuff probably went above my head, but she would have gotten all of it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did see this with my family. It was like a family blockbuster, um, Friday night blockbuster rental type deal. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it it's one of those movies that like, and, and this, these were kind of kind of common at the time, like, adult-oriented comedies with adult-oriented jokes, but, like, the concept is for kids. Right, yeah. It's like Aliens Land and a, bu- a band of buddies have to run through a mall and, like, hunt them down. Yeah, that just makes... <laughs> and that whole, like, sentiment makes for some very awkward family time viewing in retrospect. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. With, with all the, like, the sex jokes and, the, and like, the racial jokes and stuff. Yeah, I want to sit my parents down now and watch it with them. Maybe I'll do it on Christmas oh. break. <laughs> talk about a devolution (laughs) Uh, yeah so um we have a review here which might not even be worth reading but uh it has some good points about it yeah just bring bring it up so um it's set the stage yeah um so Destin howe of uh washington post uh he says uh the less said about the plot including listless romance between duchovny and Moore, the better as if aware of the humorous shortcomings Reitman sends in the special effects cavalry. The monsters in evolution, created by the same folks who gave us Jurassic Park and Starship Troopers, which, you know, it shows, like, they're good, yep. they're cool monsters, we'll get into that, um, yep. are so jarringly effective, they destroy the comedic texture of the film, which hardly exists in the first place. Speaking of which, you never met such a comically uninspired foursome. Take Moore's character, please. <laughs> Take my wife, you get it. <laughs> Not, not the best joke, but uh, I didn't make yeah. it, so hey. Um, she bumps into glass doors, falls downstairs, and topples over constantly. This routine is apparently so hilarious to Reitman, he makes her slip and trip throughout the movie. You don't laugh so much as feel her pain. Weren't you saying that that was 
Julianne Moore's own idea. Yeah, to add that the, was her choice to be clumsy. That like that was wild. She was like this. She was like this is dog shit. I have to add some characterization to this. Also, I don't know why yep. she did this movie. I know I say that often, right? I'm always saying right. why did this established actor do this like thing, this <laughs> bullshit? But like she was so popular at this time. I mean, granted, she's doing a lot of indie stuff, right? So like maybe that's why she needed to offset it. I don't know. I mean, but she's Hannibal around this time, and Hannibal was a success. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Hannibal. Hannibal was a com- commercial success, but like people thought it was a disappointment yeah. in the wake of Silence of the Lambs. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, she. I mean, and, and my answer is always the same. Like, I, I, I do think, um, you overestimate a little bit. Like a lot of actors, like discernment when it comes to picking good things to be in. Right, they're probably dumb. Um, I think they're just all dumb. I think a lot of people are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of actors are dumb. I'm not calling Julianne Moore specifically dumb. But like I, I think actors as a whole are are, are not necessarily more, um, more more discerning in in picking these scripts than any average person would be, and and I do think it's hard to pick a good script, and and to envision that it will become a good movie like as the end product. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's very. I can only imagine how tricky that would be. Like you can you can read a good script and you can read a bad script, but like bad scripts can go can go on to become good movies and vice versa right and then like you know i'm sure they get a shit ton of scripts put in front of them do they read them all all the way through do they just how like, much read it, their characters lines and they're like oh this is fine i guess and how much of it is them versus their agents right in these scripts right for them? their agents their assistants whoever yeah i don't know i mean someone like julianne Moore, like i'm sure she i know obviously she has an agent obviously she probably right. has like a personal assistant so right. yeah i don't know uh, but at some point, like, I mean, I guess you're locked into a contract, right? Like, once you're on the set, you're like, oh, my God, this is dog shit. Well, yep. at least I'm getting paid. Uh. Yeah, I mean, and, and I can only imagine that's one of the reasons why, or that, that is the reason why she tried to do the clumsy thing because, um, you know, it's a comedy. You want, some, you want some, physical, some physical stuff to do, some physical right. comedy bits to throw in there. You want to be more than just a piece of meat to be leered at by right. the two male leads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like anything, anything just to occupy your time when you're not in your trailer. I, sure, why not? Go go ahead. Yeah, go crazy, and be making the best of an awful, awful, awful situation. Um, yeah, so this movie takes place in Arizona. Is that where it takes mm-hmm. place? Arizona, yep. And um, um, it uh, it's about a meteor that crashes to Earth mm-hmm. and it has alien life on it. That alien life evolves into sentient creatures, and um, from there, hijinks ensue. They um, they they evolve in the span of of minutes and hours, as opposed to decades right. and eons. Right. Um, it, it's basically the Pokemon conception of evolution. <laughs> yeah. Like, like literally, and it, and it comes from a rock too. Like so, it even like, like a magic rock prompts evolution. Right. But um, yeah, the, these I think they're uh, I forget they're nitrogen-based organisms yeah they're nitrogen carbon based and that is a plot point that comes oh my god we have to talk about that plot point incredible truly galactic brained plot point because they're nitrogen based um when they react with earth atmosphere they initially can't breathe oxygen but the chemical catalysts and reagents cause cause their evolution to kick into overdrive and they they eventually become like amphibians and reptiles and primates eventually mm-hmm. um, yeah. within the span of like a week. Yeah, and they adapt to the atmosphere so then they can actually breathe oxygen and right. so on and so forth. Um, yeah, that's, the, you know, if we have to say one positive thing, it is uh, the creatures. Um, 
they're cool looking. Um, like uh, Destin Howe said, it is the same folks who uh, created the Jurassic Park dinosaurs and the Starship Troopers bugs. So, right, right. You know, uh, can't go wrong there. Um, yeah, they're they're really cool. Um, there's a lot of creative and unique, like like flora in the um the 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 meteor crashes into a cave like an underground cave right just beneath the surface it's like 60 feet down um 80 feet actually i believe they say right right yeah (laughs) good point um (laughs) yeah the the evolution scholar over here um (laughs) i've seen this movie twice now so yeah true no i have two Um, i've actually probably seen it more who knows i have no idea I've I've seen it twice. <laughs> so I, I, I'm I think I've seen it numerous times on television and perhaps DVD. I was, I mean, when I was young, I was like really into like these kind of creature feature movies. You are the evolution scholar. Yeah. I, I I was joking, but I guess you. Are. <laughs> I remembered everything about this movie, like beat for beat. There wasn't a thing I forgot. I was like, oh yeah, that happens, then that happens next, and then they find this. I remembered exactly two things, and we'll get to that once we. Get, <laughs> I'll, I'll mention them once we get to that okay. the, the plot breakdown. Um, but yeah, the, the aliens, um, what was I saying? Oh, the, the yeah, the, the, the cave, flora, the, cave. the flora, the, the, the flora and the fauna in the cave, they get a lot of mileage. Um, and I imagine this was a budgetary constraint too, but they get a lot of mileage out of like showing the same cave, but in different phases of the organism's growth in the cave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first meet, when we first see the, the thing in the cave, it's just literally bare rock. When they go back, there's a little bit of like an atmosphere on the ground. When they go back again, it's like there's like crazy jungle plants and alien fung- funguses and stuff. Yeah, on the, they, on the they compare it to a rainforest almost. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. And um, like the shots are great, um, specifically in, in the, the cavern scenes. Yep. Um, Weirdly competent and interesting looking cinematography. Yeah, and that's because the cinematographer is Michael Chapman. Uh some of you might know him as the cinematographer for Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. <laughs> Jesus, I mean devolution is the theme for today's episode, yeah. but I mean Jesus yeah. Christ, like whatever, a work, working working artist got to do what you yeah, can. Yeah, it's it's weird though cuz like he started well, I think he started with some kind of like B stuff and then he started going into making films with Scorsese and people like that. And then he transitioned over to Ivan Reitman. Like he made a few movies with them actually. So, Mm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. There are some standout shots specifically. There's one, there's one like bird's eye view of Duchovny looking in a microscope. Um, and, and just like the way, the way that shot was edited in, um, like in the context of making the scientific breakthrough and it kind of like zooms in slowly. It was, it was, it was an interesting shot that you wouldn't see on like another kind of stoner caliber, stoner comedy of this caliber, I guess. Right. Like Eurotrip wouldn't have that. Exa- Eurotrip <laughs> is like the perfect example of like the type of thing I was thinking of, like Eurotrip or, or Harold and Kumar yeah. type shit. I mentioned Eurotrip because Ivan Reitman produced that film. Oh my God. Yeah. Fuck it. Jesus. And Road Trip. He produced that one as well. He didn't direct him though. I do have a soft spot for Road Trip oh because of the Tom Green song. <laughs> oh, okay. fair. Fair enough. Tom Green's great. The, the tiny salmon swimming in a stream. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Side we might note, have to do that um, movie. We might have to do that movie because um, one of our friends from college, one of the first things he told me was that I reminded him of Tom Green. <laughs> I can see that. Yes. But yeah, this movie sucks, so we should we should actually just get down to breast tacks and, and right. break it down. Right. Um, David Duchovny, he's a scientist named Ira. Yeah, Ira Kane. Yeah, just giving me heavy NPR vibes. 
And he, this character would be the type of douchebag that listens to NPR and thinks that that makes him intelligent. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's teaching chemistry at a community college in Arizona. Um, and he's friends with Orlando Jones, who's a geology professor. Hmm. Harry is his name? Harry, Harry, yeah, Harry. Um, so the two of them are just doing their things. They're, they're kind of like, we're, we're kind of given the impression that they're kind of slumming it. And yeah. like they're not living up to their potential, but that's that's just such a cursory bit of expository dialogue that it's it, it does not come across. No, it doesn't. Um, later, we we learn a little bit more about that. Um, the fail son to rule all fail sons, Sean William Scott, um, is uh, like the town fool. Basically, <laughs> he's like this yeah. doofus dropout. Um, he wants to be a firefighter, and he's the one who originally finds the meteor because he's practicing saving a, a CPR dummy um, from this abandoned shack that he lights on fire to do yeah. a fireman practice. <laughs> it's actually I, an interesting like start to a movie. Like I was yeah. like, what is it? What's happening? What's going on? It's, um, it's unique. Um, I think Sean William Scott is funny. Like yeah. when I say he's the perennial fail son of our generation, like he has his, he has his niche and he, he like, in every appearance that he's in, he, he just makes the most of it. Yeah. Well, I think the more overt fail sons of this movie are the most interesting actors in this movie. So you have Sean William Scott, you have Ethan Supley, you have Michael yep. Bauer. Like yep. These are guys who, I mean, even from like the early 90s, they were playing, not early 90s, but mid 90s, mid 90s through, I mean, maybe 2008, 2009 is when they kind of stop really being super popular. But sure. They're always playing this exact same role. I mean, Ethan Suple, I, I don't think I've ever seen him in a role that's not like the big dumb guy. It's mind-blowing that I remember this because I wasn't really a huge fan of the show. But in Boy Meets World, um, when they were in like the high school era of that show. Right. I um, forgot. He's he, a bully. He was a bully. But he, um, he becomes their friend and he's given more depth and characterization beyond big dumb guy. Uh, is that when they go to college or even before that? Um I know it's like towards the end of the high school era, but like he he develops like much more of a personality. I think it's because the main bully actor left the show, oh, and they gotcha, still had Ethan yeah. Supley, and they're like, oh well, we should do something else with him. So they they actually give him like characterization, and he becomes like part of the friend group. Hmm. I don't remember that at all. Interesting. Yeah. I just remember him and like the small guy, like the kind of like uh, yeah, New the York small stereotype guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, they, they are community college students, Ethan Suple and Michael Bauer. They play brothers, uh, Deke and Danny Donald is their last name. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's um, pretty good. Um, I, I do like that this movie is, is pro-community college. Yeah. Um, the military people um, deride Duchovny um, for being a community college professor, but he's like, no, like, fuck it. Like, I'm, I'm proud that I do this like, like, they go back and forth, but, like, eventually he lands on, like, I, I work for this college, and, like, I it's it's not a bad profession, and it's bad that you're trying to shame me for that. Right, exactly, yeah. There's even, uh, when they're in court, and um, the, I think, Ted Levine, who plays uh, Major Admiral, what's his Major name? Asshole. Uh, <laughs> Major <laughs> Asshole. Uh, General Russell Woodman. Yep. Um, he he maligns the um the facilities the lab yeah yeah this at, is a good uh, yep. the community college 
and the judge is like, well, I thought it was fine when I went there. Yep. Yep. No, that, that was good. That was a yeah, good line. That was um, a good line. Fuck judges, though. But, I mean, it was a good line. <laughs> right. Fuck judges. Fuck, fuck that. But, like, community college, hometown pride, that's good. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they Sean William Scott finds the meteor. Um, the local sheriffs kind of cordon it off. But um, also the sheriffs are dumb. That was cool. Yes, no, and and that was uh, this movie had uh, this movie had like potential to be like an Antifa comedy, yeah, because like mm-hmm. authority figures in the military and cops are shown as like inherently stupid and inherently buffoonish. Right. Um, community colleges and professors are shown as good, um, and I, I think like I think there is revolutionary potential in a lot of um, stoner comedies of the early aughts because like they show work as inherently a scam um cops are always inherently corrupt and bad right and so are bosses yeah and all of that's in this movie and um like and and that's a good sentiment in a lot of these types of movies but like e- even if the politics aren't there so i did appreciate that yeah no i get it i mean i think a lot of these films and even a lot of the films just ivan reitman's always made um and even the films like uh harold ramus has made because he's written a lot of ivan reitman's films he didn't write yep. this film though he would never write something this stupid. yeah no thank god, yeah, uh, thank god. <laughs> <laughs> but like they always have some kind of like anti-authoritarian kind of yep. you know like undercurrent kind of you know just thumbing your nose at you know cops and military personnel and judges and so on and, and so forth and that can come the out epa in ghostbusters i was just gonna say with, <laughs> without without proper class consciousness that can emerge as an ultimately reactionary in an in an ultimately reactionary manner right like with the epa and ghostbusters yeah. <laughs> um like julianne moore's line in this movie where she says i'm just going to join the private sector that's where the real money is oh, anyway that was amazing yeah, yeah so like that was great it's it's good to be anti military anti-authority all that stuff but you have to have class consciousness otherwise it just becomes ancap bullshit yeah yeah i mean it's just um anarcho-capitalist bullshit right right yeah i mean it just it just seems like um those like holdover sentiments from kind of like the counterculture of the 60s and 70s you know like um the more like mainstream left you know uh perspective just like hey man i'm gonna drop out of society and that's it like i I think that's all that they got out of that decade only to be lovingly embraced by the reaganomics of the 80s right which, which was primed and perfect for that sentiment to be monetized essentially right right and and that's when these people grew up. That's when Reitman and, and Ramis would have grown up and, and formed their politics. Oh, for sure. And, and they were making films throughout um, right. th- these time periods as well. So, right. yeah. I also, um, I wish Ivan Reitman died instead of Harold Ramis. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay, in theory in just 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 joking and talking on our podcast not to not to get any litigation or anything um because we are we're we're aware of the of the law thanks to this movie yeah um, i learned yeah i learned about law (laughs) as a joke it would have been amusing if reitman had died instead of ramus right yeah or it also would have been amusing if ivan reitman never had a son named jason reitman who makes the worst fucking independent movies ever what does he make um he made juno which I actually oh, don't think God. is like his worst, um, yeah, but he I mean, made uh, Up in the Air, the George Clooney goes around firing people movie, right. and then has like some kind of like uh, epiphany that that's a bad thing. Okay, hot take. 
I, I think that movie does have some interesting aspects, but it is ultimately a garbage movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then what else did he, he did a bunch, he just, he sucks. I don't know. Sure. No, enough said with, yeah. with, with those two, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, back to evolution. <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, much, much, much like, much like evolution itself, podcasting, uh, grows, kind of organically and naturally and, and, and just takes unexpected twists and turns. One might say that uh, we, we are evolving the conversation here. Mm. Well, I wish I was a nitrogen-based uh, life form while I was watching this film because then I would just have died. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so back to the plot. Uh, Duchovny and Jones and Sean William Scott, they, they form kind of the, the, the core trio of the movie. They um, they go to visit the rock again. Uh, they bluff their way past the buffoonish cops. Um, and then they, th- th- this is kind of a, a real-life parallel, they hoodwink their grad students into doing manual labor for them Yeah, <laughs> by excavating, by like, by, by going on like a field trip to the, the meteor site and like bringing back some specimens. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where we see John Cho. Yeah, he he gets off the the, the bus and he, he doesn't even have a line. He just no. he's just like looking around. Mm-mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And then from there, then that's when the military comes in. So they 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 go back to the lab. They take some flatworms with them um, yep. because the single cell organisms had evolved into multicell organisms, and then evolved into right. flatworms. So they take the flatworms back with them, and then they're like, right. oh, we got to go back again. Um, but the military is there, and they have taken over they've cordoned it off um we are introduced to ted levine and uh ty burrell as as colonel fleming and i thought they were great actually i mean yeah they were they were funny it's the role that like ted levine is just it's what he does now you know it's Mm -hmm. um ever since like this and like monk it's just this is his role um Mm -hmm. and ty burrell like he can just play like kind of just that kind of asshole yeah yeah, but he's a good just like he's a chameleon kind of guy too he's he's a good actor wait was 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 he the second in command military guy or like the nerdy military guy no he's the second in command okay yeah he kind of he kind of gave me buttigieg vibes too (laughs) yeah he did (laughs) he totally did um and yeah we also meet julianne moore who's playing hot scientist lady Mm-hmm. Yeah, she works for the CDC, the That's Center it. for Disease Control. Right. Um, yeah, and and we're introduced to her her one personality quirk besides being hot, which is being clumsy. Yep. She just drops um, shit. She falls. And that's the, that's something else that's not uncommon. That was kind of emblematic of of comedies of this era, like just depthless roles for women in comedy films, oh, and, yeah. and they exist they they exist only to be like eye candy. And in their quirk is to be clumsy because like right. it, it, it's like a physical thing for them to do. And um, it's like it, it's depicted as endearing. Yeah, than like I was about to say it's it's dumb. endearing quality. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it, it meshes well with that shallow appreciation or that or that shallow view of hotness in comedy for like a woman's role in, in, in these types of movies. Um, I've, I've just seen it before in other in other films. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think it's 
probably in the majority of these type of uh, teen comedies from uh, this this time period. Of course, this one isn't a teen comedy, but if you think of, like we said, Road Trip and Euro Trip, uh, right. Harold and Kumar. Um, what was that one movie, Girl Next Door, where she's like a porn star? You ever see that one? Oh, God, yeah. That was yeah. Alicia Cuthbert. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And what's his face justified is in it too. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant is like a producer. He's like a porn yeah, magnate, director yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, oh man, I'm just I'm just listing like movies I saw with my cousin Andrew. Basically, like these are the movies. I didn't like, want, you named him. Hey, you whatever. Named him. We've done it before. Fuck it. He's never he's never gonna listen to it. Yeah. Um, but unlike those movies, there is no female nudity in this one. So kudos. To although everyone, they, <laughs> although they try to get it in um, with Sarah Silverman. Oh my god! Okay, horrible cameo. Yeah. I, I'm not even the biggest fan of Sarah Silverman. I just felt bad for her watching this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just pretty awful. Um, we're skipping ahead here, but who fucking cares? Fuck it. Uh, so we don't, we don't even have to skip ahead. They get rebuffed by the military, and they're right. a group, and they're waiting in a diner. Yeah. Boom. Yep. Exactly. They're waiting in a diner. They're talking like, "What's our next step?" And. Um, so we see Sarah Silverman and a cop in the next booth. One of the cops that they bluffed their way past earlier. Yeah, one of the real dum-dums. And um, David Duchovny turns around and he starts talking to her. And we find out that they were, um, you know, they were together at one point. And, and he also does this thing that's very common to these types of movies again when dealing with, like, the quote-unquote bitch ex-girlfriend, like, like owning her. Like, yeah. like doing mm-hmm. these things, like, like make telling jokes and their buddies like are impressed and the girls like does these shocked expressions on her face. Um, but they're really lame and awful owns and like, they just make him look like an asshole. Yeah. I can't even remember um, them, but yeah, that, that it was just, it's a terrible scene. I think I tried to block it out of my memory already. Justifi- uh, <laughs> justifiably so. <laughs> but yeah, he, um, we do see her bra and, um, okay. So th- yeah, the reason He's like, oh, remember when you kicked me out? Like, I, I, I bet you're going to kick this guy out once he moves in. And Am I right, fellas? And then, like, Orlando Jones makes, like, an oh, oh, shit face. Yeah. And then he's like, and, oh, is it, is it lawful to, when you, like, leave someone's house, steal their shirts? I'm not exactly up on the law, officer, but <laughs> I don't think it's lawful to steal property, even if it's something like clothing. Like, what the hell yeah. is that? Like, R- this is not an ridiculous. own. You're just like, yeah. this is like a dumb, okay, boomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he ba- basically he accuses her of stealing his shirts. Yeah, two the shirts. Only, that's it. Two shirts. The the only reason of which is so she can get pissed off and start to threaten him and say like, "You want me to take my shirt off now? You can have my you can have the shirt back right now. Here, I'll take it off. I don't give a fuck." And she like starts to take off her shirt in front of him. Yeah, and it's like really limp titillation uh, attempt. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't even get the shirt off, so like they don't even commit to it. No, not at all. Um, and Sean William Scott, his expressions were were good at the scene though. He just does his like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah, we're gonna see boobs." Like this is so good. But otherwise, uh, besides that, the movie, the the scene's garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And um, there's the one female student who she's like. Uh, Sort she, of hitting on Orlando Jones, and, and the, the, she's in, dressed um, scantily in a few scenes. She's like, she's like, yeah, professor, what what can I do to pump up pump up my grade? And like, he, it's so weird because like they do, again, they don't even commit to it. No, 
Mm-mm. Like 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 they hint at these risque taboo things um in a comedic context, but they they're they don't even want to show it or depict it or even like do more than hint at it. Um just like if you're going to do that, just just commit and like make that part of the movie, don't like allude to it and then move on. Well, here's the thing. I mean, for this film especially, they wanted it to be PG-13. PG-13. So children yeah. like myself could go see it because there's cool monsters and shit. You know, there's no way this movie would have gotten $98.4 million if it was a rated R film. But, like, if if the intention is to show Orlando Jones' character as, like, a sex-obsessed, like, sex creep, and and, like, that's part of, like, the jokes around him... And, and like he's sleeping with students to like take advantage. Like like if, if that's part of like your intention, you can make that explicit and still keep it PG thirteen. Yeah, but I you think. Could, I think you can keep it explicit, keep it PG thirteen, but then you'd also lose any kind of empathy for that character probably as well. Yeah, I mean, like a, a I think they skirt. Empathy. Yeah, they skirt the line with that, right? Like, there's some lines where you're just like, "Oh, this guy's a womanizer," but then other lines you're like, "Oh, he's so funny, though. He's so, but so see, charming." Like, he, even from that norm, normie perspective, though, like he makes creepy comments about like coaching the girls' volleyball team and makes creepy comments about sleeping with his female students. So, like that empathy shouldn't be there anyway even from like a normie just buy into the film 100% perspective. Mm, I don't know. From a normie perspective though, I think they're just like, I, I think a lot of people would be t- totally fine with that's, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that, that's true. I, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm giving, especially especially in 2001, I think I'm giving yeah. people too much credit. I mean, this film is uh, misogynistic because uh, society at large is misogynistic. Hot take. <laughs> Joker brain over here. <laughs> um, But yeah, a, a lot of that stuff, it, it's just so cursory and, um, it's completely dropped by like the second act. I, I don't even think that that actress is in the movie beyond the first act. We see her again when everybody's Maybe partying at the, yeah, at the yeah, community but, college, which I thought was funny. Cause like it made it seem like these are college students who live in dorms, which like they wouldn't, why would you party at your community college when like you could party at someone's house at a house party? Well, I think the context was they thought the world was going to end, so like they're like, "Fuck everything, let's just right. like, go tear down the school." Yeah, I guess so, but I don't know. Like, why would you? Uh, it's just I don't know. Also, just because they 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 rented that space in like in in the real life, well, right. they had, they had yes. access to that space, yes, so they they made it the site, and, and they wanted the shot of like there's this um this Native American statues like kind of doing a touchdown uh with his hands. And they wanted yes. the shot where, like, there's a bra on one of the hands. Like, that's really the only oh, reason they oh, probably did no. that. Careful. Dad, uh, Dad might get too excited if he sees that. <laughs> God, I, ha- I hate the sexual aspects of this. Like, the sexual comedy of this movie so much. It's so it's so perfunctory. It's so, like, un- unwilling to commit. It's so... Like, you can do funny sex jokes and funny sex comedies. But, like, I don't know. It, it was just so I, I just I just had the image of like a dad like chuckling at that and then like reading a Playboy magazine and like thinking that like blows his mind or something. It, it's just so dumb and so pointless. Yeah. And that dad is Ivan Reitman. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> My favorite 
of the of the sexual jokes though is when um there's one point where david duchovny and orlando jones go into um the the cavern um they actually actually, break in to tie it back into our our abandoned plot synopsis (laughs) this this happens after the sarah silverman scene yeah they keep getting reports of monsters all over town Mm -hmm. and so because they seem to be spreading they break back into the cavern yeah they break back into the cavern um, David Duchovny dresses like a general, and Orlando Jones just has like just regular like private Cam- camo uh, camo yeah. on, and uh, they are they're in these kind of like hazmat suits. They're amongst all these alien life forms, um, and there's one alien life form that has like kind of spider legs, and it kind of has just like this big round head, and that's about it. But then it turns right. around and. Uh, the back of its head kind of looks like a butt. Yes. And then yes. like, uh, yes, Orlando Jones starts saying, he's like, look at the, look at that thing. Look at that. It's just like that hot doctor. Like, don't you want some of that? And like, and then she can hear it of course too, because it's, it's on record being yeah, recorded. Yeah. It, it, the military has cameras all over the cavern and they also have audio and it's just yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> no, that was for like, <laughs> he's checking out this alien bugs head ass. Yeah. <laughs> And comparing it to an actual woman's ass, amazing. Yeah. Just I don't, yeah. I don't know. How oh, and then th- this leads to the other comedic highlight of the movie. Um, um, uh, an insect, an alien mosquito, oh, right. um, penetrates Orlando Jones' um hazmat suit, and then flies up his ass. Right. And so they have to pull it out. Yeah. Um, they rush him. In, they rush him on a gurney into like the the onsite surgical area, and they invade his they go into his ass with um calipers and they pull out the mosquito yep and before that Um, though we can see the mosquito like under his skin it's kind of just like in his leg basically um and it's it's going down at first it's going towards his toes but then it starts going up towards his groin area um and they're like we're gonna have to cut the leg and he's like no don't cut the leg and then once it starts going towards his groin um they're like oh we're gonna have to um take his testicles it's going it's going towards his testicles and there was another funny part before that um it was going when it was still headed towards his foot like going down um they're like we might have to lose the leg um and Duchovny's like he thinks he's an athlete he, can we, is there any way we can keep the leg <laughs> oh yeah that was good there so there i mean there were some good lines there were some yeah fairly decent comedic beats to this film Another good one was when Orlando Jones called the judge earlier. He re- he addresses him as your highness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was good. Um, and I, I think what it is, um, a lot of shitty comedies um, really make space for their jokes. And that's dumb. Like, it, it feels so artificial. But when these comedic lines are just inserted into the natural flow of the dialogue. Right. In any movie, it just works so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's way too many instances where like they kind of stop for certain jokes and there's a lot of instances where they explain a lot of jokes too in this movie. There's a scene, the first time they go back to the meteor um, when it's just the cops who are coordinating it off, um, they're trying to get past the cops and Orlando Jones says, hey man, we come here all the time. And like, you're supposed to think like, oh, haha, it's like a bar, yeah, but then the cops like hey man this isn't a nightclub this is a desert it's like no you didn't have to say that line that wasn't necessary we got it like we're smarter than that we don't need that fucking shit that was for the 13 year olds in the audience who drank their parents here yeah i guess it was for like me basically 11 year old me 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they get the bug out. Um, everyone's kind of at the military compound, General Asshole and, and the, the comedic trio and Julianne Moore. Um, and then Governor Aykroyd comes to visit. Yeah. Governor yep. of Arizona, Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. um, which <laughs> doesn't sound too, too unreasonable given like a lot of the trajectory of a lot of SNL people. <laughs> like, yeah. A lot of comedic surprised. people. In, in, yeah. He's a businessman. Doesn't he own um, like that God, skull he, vodka? He's insane in general. But yeah, one of the things he, one of the companies he owns is um, Crystal Skull Vodka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he actually, he, he like legit believes and does activism for the existence of ufos that's right he's he's like he's like 23 alien species have have visited our planet in our lifetime and i believe we have 23 more to go before they (laughs) reveal themselves to us he was like a larry king saying that one time yeah he's he's a a whack job he's a lot more interesting than a lot of the other snl guys at that time like chevy chase is just like a monster apparently like everybody hates him asshole yeah complete utter unrepentant asshole um I mean, fuck SNL in general. Like, even even before the whole bullshit tr- Trump resist stuff, like the SNL has never been funny. No, um, I've I've never found it funny. Um, yeah, I, I it, it's so awkward and painful, and it I I for the life of me, I cannot explain why it's still on the air. No, th- this long. I appreciate that. Like, there's still like a variety show, you know, on air, like. You know, yeah, but it's not good. But it's not good version <laughs> of a variety good. show, right? I mean, like, there's actual good variety shows from like the 50s and 60s and even into the 70s. But yeah, SL was never one of them, really. The, I think the best thing it's done it 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 has give it has acted as a springboard for comedic actors to to leave and go on and do other things. Right. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, back to evolution, uh, our favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite scene, or at least there's one of my favorite beats in a scene. Um, and one of like, I mean, I guess one of the more action packed scenes in general is the mall scene. Yeah. 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 Cause in the, in the mall scene happens after, um, governor Ackroyd comes to town yeah. because, um, the reason he comes to town is like the aliens are, are spreading and evolving they, they've become um large reptiles and they actually become dragons at this point mm-hmm. um yeah and it's it's kind of a kind of a boring design but i did appreciate that the dragons are actual true dragons in the sense that they have six limbs as opposed to four right mm-hmm. they didn't do the the wyvern cop out that we've nope. done we've alluded to um in other episodes um but yeah the the dra- one of the dragons evolves to the point where it can breathe oxygen um, and it attacks a mall. Yeah. So my favorite beat in this scene, I think the scene's fine, but my favorite beat is the beginning of the scene when once the the dragon actually gets to the mall itself. But before he gets to the mall, like a few seconds before he crashes through the window, um, there's this husband and wife who yes. are shopping for clothes, and the yes. wife is like, Tony, you need a new shirt. What do you think? He's like, I don't know. I don't really care. He's like, I hate clothes shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dragon just, like, bursts through the front door. Yeah, yeah. No, um, that was some more of Lewis's family members playing a cameo <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the few family members I have who live uh, out west. <laughs> um, The dragon snatches um a girl who's trying to shoplift that was kind of funny um and then Duchovny Jones and Sean William Scott they 
they run to the mall. They steal guns. Yeah, they steal shotguns. They 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 um acquisition guns from a sporting store. And this was funny too. A nice little beat. Um, in a rare instance of subtle comedy in this movie, they never take off the price tags. Yeah, from the that guns. was funny. Yeah, the was entire good. scene that was yeah. that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, they hunt the they hunt the monster down. Um, they they lure it to them because Sean William Scott sings "You Are So Beautiful" to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there had been like a like an announce announcer's microphone in the middle of the mall. Um, that brings the that brings the dragon to them. They save the girl. They blast it, and they're like, "Oh, we're so cool!" And they 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 ride down the highway in a, in a jeep. Yeah. Um, but then the most unbelievable part of that scene. So like they kill the monster and the the monster is like laid out in front of them and they're all just kind of talking they're in a line they're talking in front of the monster and then you see the monster like its eye opens up and it starts to move again and then they all like just shoot it and the three or four more times and then like they what, what how do they do it they like they like kind of throw the gun and then cock it you know that like kind of move where you like yeah, throw they, the gun yeah. and then catch it and then cock it yeah, they they hold holding the gun holding the shotgun by the grip like normal or like the by the handle by normal. They throw it in the air and then with the same hand, like they're too cool to use the other hand, they grab the part of the shotgun that pumps. Yeah, and let the momentum of the gun falling down cock it and they just yeah. cock it again. And yeah. they all do it in unison. And I was like, no, they wouldn't. They're no, that's like it would been funny if like one of them drops it or something yes. or like they shoot like their their foot or something like that. Like it's they should be cool. Scott Failson right. drops the gun. Like, yeah, why perfect. are they cool? That's stupid. <laughs> no. no, so dumb. Um, I I, I I I like the idea of them trying to be cool with the guns, but right? Only if it fails. Only if it fails. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then from here, um, I think actually. Um, the governor comes in after this. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because of that. Because That's of what that. Into the state, yeah. And then they're they're at the military compound. Um, like, what do we do? Cavern. What do we do? What are our options, gentlemen? Kind of thing. Yeah, and then uh, they they realize that the um, the aliens have evolved into primates. Actually, um, yeah, I kind of I kind of like this. Um, their introduction was pretty creepy um, because that they've evolved to the point where they're smart, so they start disabling the cameras. Yeah, they start using uh, bones as as tools, very much like you know, two thousand one yeah. Space Odyssey. Um, the primates actually looked really cool. I thought. Yeah. Um, they were like kind of like white uh, albino fur, and their their faces looked almost like skulls with like inset eyes, mm-hmm. and it looked really it looked like a cool D and D monster basically. Yeah. Um, and they jump out of the, of the hole in the ground and they start killing people. Um, and that attack is what prompts Governor Ackroyd to authorize a napalm strike yeah. on, the entire, <laughs> on the entire town, evacuate napalm strike. Yeah. They show him this map. It's an animated map. And it's like, this is what, um, how, how much territory the aliens have taken over so far. Um, the caverns that are, um, under this, um, under this town because it was a mining town so it's like there's caverns plus there's mine shafts um and they like this is a piece of territory they've taken over and then this is two weeks they take over the whole state and then this is like a month they took over the united states so he's like oh fuck that like let's blow them up we need at least three years before the aliens come to visit me (laughs) he's like this yeah this is too early guys (laughs) um so yeah, that they approve that the military kicks out. Um, oh, his name is Governor Lewis as well. I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, Lewis Ackroyd. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
they kick out the trio and then Julianne Moore is like, hey, wait, I'm coming with you. Um, this is wrong and there's more money to be made in the private sector anyway. And I think you're so hot, David Duchovny. Like, I'm yeah, with you. That never you know. made sense. I mean, throughout it's like... Zero chemistry. You know, she overhears them talking about her like a piece of meat and then, you know, he's just kind of weird to her in general. Oh, and we also learn that um, David Duchovny's character, Ira Kane, ha- was... He was a colonel at one point. He was a military scientist. Yeah, he was a a colonel in the military, military scientist, and he developed an anthrax vaccine. Uh, It was, uh, and he was testing it on soldiers. He tested on like 140,000 soldiers. And they all got debilitating diarrhea, rashes. They they go through like this list of, of symptoms. Um, And that was another hopeful moment for me because I'm like, yes, Praxis. (laughs) (laughs) um but then like even after that she's like oh i i still like this guy like i he's a he's a mad scientist he he treats me like i'm you know just uh yeah this this piece of ass but you know uh some there's a glimmer in his eye i guess but you know what he was on x files and (laughs) (laughs) yeah and twin peaks um yeah yep um he apparently turned down star wars episode two to be in this movie <laughs> mm, that's a tough one i mean i i i, I have to go with episode two yeah. in, in this case oh, episode two is better than this movie and episode yes. two is pretty terrible yes yes as we proved in one of our earlier episodes yes uh, go, go back and listen to it yep. Star Wars, we did star wars month then. Mm-hmm. that's right um so yeah they the four the four the four scientists rendezvous at um the community college because they want to do some more research on like a last ditch attempt to try to stop it um, the whole town's evacuating people who can't afford to or evacuate uh, everyone that doesn't that can't afford to or doesn't want to is just like rioting um, they have their end of the world party at the college um, the four of them are sitting in the chemistry lab with an open petri dish of like one of the cells that that ira had had um, captured and in a really forced moment orlando jones is smoking a cig- uh, smoking a cigarette yeah this was so forced mm. and so yeah. awful. Duchovny's like, when did you start smoking? Oh, just now. Well, no, he's like, well, there's no reason not to. It's the right. end of the world. No, yeah. point to, no point to clean living. And he throws the match like halfway across the room. It happens to land in the Petri dish. And the the combustion of the fire acts as a reagent, they say, mm-hmm. with the single cell organism. And it like expands like a tumor and grows like huge. Yeah. So the implication, or, or the the we're we're told actually that um, the military using napalm, using that much napalm and that much fire on the main source of the alien um, infestation will cause it to be enormous. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they figure out at this point that um, so they know it's a nitrogen-based life form because it dies in our atmosphere. Um, Julianne Moore is wearing a T-shirt at this point. Um, on the back, it has the periodic table of elements. Um, David Duchovny is just like staring at it, and he then he's like, "Okay, so uh, they're nitrogen-based life forms. Um, so if you look at um, we're carbon-based. So if you go down and over." Um, arsenic is poison to us. So if you go down from nitrogen and over, uh, that's uh, sel- selenium. Is that what it is? Selenium, yep. yeah. And it's just like, that seems scientifically sound. If you just go down and over the same amount that it takes to get from carbon to arsenic, 
<laughs> anywhere it's, it's, that's it's, the poison it's, li- <laughs> it's literally the literally the idea is because we are carbon-based life forms and carbon is here and arsenic is literally um a chess piece knight's move <laughs> <Yep>. away <laughs> from carbon thus thus nitrogen based life forms to find their poison you move a chess piece knight's move away from there yep. and you get selenium yep qed selenium kills nitrogen based yep. organisms so if you ever encounter a, a life form made of any other element uh, on the periodic table that's all you have to do folks just that knight's move and you find it's it's poison <laughs> Or something like lead or or radium is not poisonous because it's not a knight moves away from us. Uh, like yeah, th- like that's the implication right. too, right? Yeah, those things are fine. I eat that, radium every day. <laughs> I kind of love how stupid it was. If if they if it was the type of movie where it's like, uh, it was more self aware. That kind of like that that would have been a funny bit, but it was it was meant to be taken seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which is mind-boggling yeah and this is another instance where um david and company's like oh take off your shirt and then everybody in the room gets super excited that they're gonna say like, yes more. do it yeah. yes <laughs> we do have the it. other um the other fail sons uh, ethan Suple and, and michael bauer the brothers they're here for some reason well they were partying yeah they were partying um we get a we get a product placement for selenium sulfide shampoo yeah um, head and shoulders Head and shoulders, yep. Um, Which is my understanding that there's actually not a lot of selenium sulfide or any in regular head and shoulders, but like the extra strength head and shoulders has selenium sulfide. That's my understanding. Um, I actually had um, some eczema as a kid, and I was told to get selenium shampoo to treat it, just like to Mm. rub the shampoo on my skin. Mm, And it did. Um, So like when we saw that from blockbuster as a kid with my family we're like oh like we'll be safe from the aliens in our house because we have the (laughs) shampoo here (laughs) amazing yeah um so they load up uh sean william scott uh he he steals a fire truck because he's an aspiring firefighter so that plot beat gets resolved um they steal a fire truck and they fill it up they fill up the tank with selenium sulfide shampoo yeah um and they go to spray it into the cavern um and they get in the cavern. However, the military starts their test early or right. starts their operations early. Um, and they blow it up with like a shit ton of napalm. Everyone escapes alive, of course. But the the fire, the, the, the fire in combustion um, caught, reacts with the, with the alien cells, I guess. And all of the alien material kind of fuses together and becomes a giant, enormous, like, amoeba. Yeah. And this was actually something I liked. Like, when, when, when I say enormous, like, the scale of this thing was truly gargantuan. Yeah, I did appreciate that. I mean, as we said, the creatures in general were pretty cool. But, um, yeah, to have that gargantuan scale monster um, in this movie was, uh, yeah, it was literally, like, larger than a stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to... to Again, props to the cinematographer, but to like shoot essentially empty landscape in a way that like gives the impression that there's that giant monster there, and to have the f- action of the fire truck kind of blend in with that, it, w- it was it was neat to see something of that scale. Yeah, the CGI was okay as well. You know, yeah. it's not terrible. It, 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 it holds up. It holds up in in context of when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Came out. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so from there they just kill it. Like they just pour or they they pump the selenium sulfide using the hose into, into the things like yeah anus 
Um, and of course, uh, Orlando Jones gets sucked into the anus at one point. Yes, you see, that's what we call um, um, parallel structure in filmmaking, where where the element was introduced, where the the creatures invaded his ass, and then he invades, he invades the creatures. The creatures' ass. <laughs> yep. It's, yep. It's it's a uh, poetic. Yeah, eat your heart out, Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. But yeah, they're they're big heroes, and Governor Ackroyd recognizes them. And David, this was so childish too. Like Amazing. David Duchovny and Julian Moore, they're like, Ooh, "Let's go fuck each other," yep. uh, and they sneak off. Yep. Yeah, they're having this ceremony, and um, they're going down the line, just like saying, "Oh, this person's great." You know, they're a hero. Um, they actually make um, Sean William Scott an honorary firefighter. He's uh, yep. Dan Ackroyd's like, "I talked to the chief, son." Um, and then they get to Julianne Moore and David Duchovny and they're gone because they went to go fuck in the, in the fire truck. And they, they sneak They jump into the fire truck. They close the door behind them. And then the, the, the circle crest on the fire truck, it's kind of yellow. It's kind of like a bronzy yellowy color. Yep. And then they throw the three face, the three eyeballed evolution smiley logo on top of that. Yep. <laughs> Because it's kind of a yellow circular thing. Yeah, pretty forced. Cut to credits. Mm-hmm. No, cut to a commercial oh, for go- Head and Shoulders. <laughs> well, cut to like one or two credits and then cut to the commercial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get like an after credits scene, mid credit scene. Yeah. So it's like it's like a canyon and their, their Jeep is going through the canyon and you see one of the dragons they're following and then it just cuts to them like doing a commercial for Head and Shoulders. Just the, the three main dudes. It really, I don't even know, was Head & Shoulders like a corporate sponsor for this movie? It had to be. I mean, it was actual Head & Shoulders products. So, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, apparently, the little commercial stinger was uh, Ivan Reitman's idea. Mm, yeah, good good one. Yeah. Good one, man. Or maybe Jason Reitman? I don't know. So I was reading the IMDb trivia, and like Jason Reitman had an idea, and I was like, that was dumb. So. What a fucking idiot. Yeah. Jesus. Yep. You're right. I wish he did die instead of Harold. <laughs> <laughs> we mean okay. die in Minecraft, folks. Okay. Even even worse. Um, evolution IMDb, IMDb page um, FAQ section. Were the references to Head & Shoulders product placement? Answer. Despite popular belief that it was, quote-unquote, shameless advertising, the whole thing was a spoof. They received no money for the Head & Shoulders advertisement, as the whole thing was mocking the heavy presence of product placement in today's movies and television. So, not only did they fail at spoofing product placement because it sucks, they didn't make that explicit, and they didn't even get any money for it. Right, yeah. But, I mean, the thing about IMDb, though, is it's all user-generated content. So, like, what's, Whatever. you know, who wrote fuck that? Movie. Like, okay. Itchy Head 69? Like, you know, some, like, fucking, like, head and shoulders, like, fucking corporate account? I do not care. I don't <laughs> I'm taking that as gospel truth. I uh, Fuck it. Fuck them. Fuck this movie. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, so, something else interesting that came out of this movie was a cartoon series for Fox Kids. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> One season. One obviously. season, like 26 episodes. It was called, I actually like this name, Alienators, because yes. uh, this film alienates everybody who watches it. Uh, <laughs> Alienators Evolution Continues. Um, they get a lot of mileage out of the three eyed smiley. Um, they make that into this like cute little like blobby dog alien that's their friend. Um, very much like Slimer. Yeah, I, that, that one alien that kind of had the same 
same role as Slimer in this one? Like the the thing they think is a dog, and the, and the ladies find it in their house. Uh, no, that's is it that no, thing? no, because it's yellow. Actually, it's like this little like yellow blobby thing that has the like the three eyes, just like the smiley face logo. Sounds fucking stupid. Yeah, it's not even in the actual movie. Like they just right, created right. this other little thing. Whereas like obviously Slimer is in the movies. Uh, <laughs> that kind of um sounds almost like a couple of the cartoon series like Godzilla. Yep. Um, the new mm-hmm. Godzilla animated series or the Men in Black animated yep. series. Yep. Um, watched all those. Yep. Of of all those types of animated series that like came from kind of adult oriented comedies with, with like that still had child appeal. Um, Men in Black is definitely the best one. Yeah. I think I remember um, liking that super, one a lot. Yeah, yeah, super super moody, atmospheric, and kind of some interesting animation going on. Um, I have no memory of Alienators. So. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it. I have no memory of it though. I, I I have a few memories of the Godzilla series. Um, that was okay. Yeah. It was just not as good as Men in Black. Mm-mm. No, it was an improvement over like the Hanna Barbera Godzilla series. That series oh, is God, atrocious. Yeah, God. yeah, great For sure. theme song though. I sing it yes. to myself sometimes. <laughs> and Godzuki. Yeah. And then it's like. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um, yep. But yeah. Um, so this movie had some potential, had a couple good ideas in it, but like, did do not watch Evolution. Please don't. Yeah. Um, just awful. Workers of note, I do have some people here. Um, I do have some uncredited members from the art department I want to mention, um, specifically because the creatures were so good. Yeah. Um, the 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 location, the the set for the uh, meteorite um, cavern was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the creatures were very cool, as we were saying. Um, I really like so the some... um, the military like compound set as well, like yeah, the the tent that they set up above the meteor whole like i yeah it was a really cool it was, set too it was cool it was believable like that is what the military would put up in, in this in and out in in an analogous situation i guess um so yeah some people we have here that they're all uncredited so special um shout out to them we have claudia bonfi art department production assistant shane bakalu plaster gang boss randy l childs prop make prop maker gang boss um what's a gang boss i have no idea Sounds awesome. Amazing, Prop maker though. gang boss. Prop maker. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> uh, we have Michael Denering, uh, scenic artist. Amy Feldman, scen- assistant set decorator. Aaron Flores, texture painter. Diana Goldwyn, set direct decorating coordinator. Christopher Hayes, set dresser. Julia K. Levine, set designer. Stephen Olds, conceptual designer. Edward V. Panazzo, set estimator. Mark William Robinson, s- assistant sculptor. Mark Rubio, Marco Rubio. Marco. Whoa, <laughs> it's Mark Marco Rubio. It's an <laughs> Marco Rubio set designer. It's Marco Rubio with the mustache on. <laughs> Marco Rubio. Hey. Uh, Michael Ruby supervising supervising Jack sign Ruby's writer. brother. Yes, Jordi Shell sculptor and Chad Simpson painter. Um, Chad a lot of these Simpson. People, Jesus, these names are amazing. These names are amazing. Uh, but all these people worked on um, some really innovative and cool uh, alien creature design. Uh, all those sets we were talking about. Um, a lot of the nameless grunt work, probably actually like actually making these things um, and, and 
and some of these people were, were concept artists too so that's that's really cool for this movie too like think about yes. it like imagine yep. you put your heart and soul into these creatures I wouldn't even see the movie in the end. I'd be like, you know what? I, I made these things. This is the art right here. I don't you know need what? to see it's, the movie. It's it's good for a portfolio. Yeah, exactly. I hope these people went on to do bigger and better things. I'm sure they did. I'm, I'm sure They're very talented. Yeah. Um, we also, uh, Michael Chapman, I guess, as a cinematographer, we don't really do shout outs to those kind of like above the line um, positions, but um he, special exception yeah special <laughs> exception because he made this somewhat watchable and then um another special shout out to um <laughs> juliet ward who is the yeah. assistant to uh, ivan reitman um, she actually is his assistant on a few other films um mm. so yeah just god bless her um solidarity with juliet <laughs> solidarity. ward critical support for juliet ward imagine what that's like Honestly, it's probably just really shitty and boring. It it has to be. It really yeah. has to be. Uh, so, closing thoughts. Um, broke recommendation. What do you have? Um, I have uh, midday Comedy Central dweebs, um, yes. which you yep. are one of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was one of them. I no longer have cable, but uh, hmm, I, I don't have. I don't even know what a television or cable in my house. But yeah, it's woke recommendation. Um, creature feature enthusiasts. Um, I'm sure if if your niche is creature feature stuff, you you're already aware of this movie and um and the and the creatures in this feature, um. But there's some set pieces that are really cool. Probably the standout one being the ape attack scene. Yeah. Um. But you know it's really sequences. stupid though because I know a lot of people who are like creature feature enthusiasts. Like one of my best friends growing up is like a creature feature enthusiast, and he buys a lot of like statues and maquettes is that what they're called maquettes like the statue things i don't know but keep talking i'll look it up um and there's no merchandise for this movie at all like well good (laughs) like they could have made so much money on the merchandising of this like this kind of like yeah this kind of like just this niche shit is really popular amongst people with disposable income they they tried that with Men in Black. Or no, they, they they did that with Men in Black and that succeeded and they tried it with this movie. They tried to make the cartoon show and didn't work. Yeah, but they didn't make any merchandising though. I think if they actually made merchandising, they might have been a little more successful. People I think love if buying the, shit. I think but I think if the cartoon took off, they would have. It just didn't. Yeah, maybe, but I, I wouldn't even make the merchandise for the cartoon. I'd make the merchandise for the movie, like those kind of more grotesque things, like Adult collectors love buying stuff like that. Okay, I can kind of agree. Like, I can kind of see, like, they made a shit ton of Independence Day action figures and toys that, like, had nothing to do with what actually happened on screen. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're like, oh, like, here's a alien pilot, alien soldier, alien commando. And it's, like, just different colored skins of, the, of that alien from that movie, and it just didn't yeah i mean this is even a movie where you'd think like they have like an art book for it you know like a behind the scenes art book there's nothing like that like the people who read like fangoria who are just like you know uber collectors much like guillermo del toro and joe dante like yep this would be a prime example of that from the early 2000s but no merchandising at all not to say like i yeah they should capitalize on this and right merchandising right. stupid of course but like i they really just they missed the boat on this one yeah well good good right you know in the long run survival good. of the fittest right. baby yeah. <laughs> which yeah that's they use that the line a few times 
Uh, it, it is maquette, by the way. A maquette is, and that can be our term for this episode that we do every so often. Um, a maquette is a sculptor's small preliminary model or sketch. Yes. Yeah. So, and big secondary market for those from actual film sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, like, I don't know that you don't find one of those on eBay for this movie. Good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> let let it be buried in the sands of time. <laughs> Although this movie is on Netflix and Amazon Prime right now, which is really strange to have them cross pollinated like that. Uh, I think that just speaks to how little they care about this. Exactly. One. Like the distributors, like we don't give a shit. Just take it. Yeah. We're making no yeah. money off this anymore. No one buys DVDs of it. Um, yeah. So our bespoke recommendation is um, for nine eleven truthers. <laughs> um, if you want to add uh, another element into your uh, conspiracy theory, uh, you can say that evolution caused nine eleven. Uh, yes. So this film came out in two thousand one in June. Um, June 8th. June 8th. And uh, noticeably, it is not a film that the Department of Defense uh, consulted on. So Phil Strubb, who would have been the Hollywood liaison at this time, did not consult on this movie because it paints the army in a fairly negative light. Um, Mm -hmm. So my insane Mm -hmm. theory, my galaxy brain theory, is that the DOD was so mad at Ivan Reitman and the production um, that they just, like, did not pay attention to Middle Eastern affairs and 9-11 happened. I think... That's one too many needless steps. I think we can just say Ivan Reitman, in an act of revenge, did 9-11. <laughs> in Minecraft, again, not in real life. In uh, that's what we're saying here, folks. Um, yeah, and I was also trying to, like, make some kind of analogy with, like, the blob, you know, that that, that idea of, like, the, the foreign... Um, policy wonks and apparatus of america is called like the blob right i was trying to make some kind of analogy with that in my head while i was watching this movie towards the end when there's that big blob monster but i was like i just give up i don't care (laughs) i mean you could say i guess like it symbolizes like you could say it symbolizes like foreign foreign intervention kind of like hawkishness like that because um it's literally created by napalm right yeah so you could say basically the the that monster is terrorism coming back to our shores you could yeah Yeah, it's created by Um, us through acts of violence and then it comes back mm -hmm. to cause act of violence yeah and the way in the way to fight against it and fight back against it is to waterboard it with selenium (laughs) selenium sulfide shampoo yep yep um wow what a movie folks what what a a film film yeah uh don't watch it and i guess we'll see (laughs) we'll see you next time See you next time, folks. You are so beautiful to me. Wayne, would you please stop because you are embarrassing me. Can't you see? You're everything. You're everything that I hope for. It's working. Yeah, sing, sing. Rub some funk on it. And you're in.